It is more of a gospel message this morning and pray that if there is someone listening in or here today that is not a Christian that they might today think of becoming a Christian. Sinners need to be saved for the hour is late, is it not? The time is at hand. The Lord is beckoning sinners to come. The Spirit is convicting men and women, boys and girls, to believe. Heaven is open to all who will come. Hell is warning, even as that one who was in hell desired someone to go and tell and warn his brothers. Saints, saints are praying. Parents, relatives are praying and warning. Sinners need to be saved. There isn't a single person living today who isn't a sinner. Isn't that the case? There isn't a sinner living today who doesn't need to be saved. God tells us in his word what sinners need to be saved from and how they can be saved from it. The Lord expressed purpose for coming according to scripture was to save sinners. Listen to some of the verses and I've just written them down or part of portion of them in Matthew 9.13. For I'm not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Matthew 9.13 and part of Mark 2.17 says the same I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance and in Luke 19.10 for the son of man is come to seek and to save that which is lost that's why he came the son of the eternal God and He himself, being eternal, came to save sinners. That's what his heart's purpose was in coming. He created mankind. He put them on the planet. They weren't lost. Adam and Eve were in fellowship with God. Then they broke the fellowship by their decision to disobey him. And from that point on, God has done all the seeking. And God had the plan to send his son. And he willingly chose to come and to save us. Come to seek and to save. And all the way the story of redemption is told through the Old Testament and New Testament. Eventually it's going to culminate in Jesus coming. But that's the whole message of the Bible. It's redemption. If it wasn't for God's seeking, none of us would come. He draws us to himself. 1 Timothy 1.15 reads, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, of whom I am? Chief. 2 Peter 3.9, part of it, The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all, all should come to repentance. You know, We have a desire for our friends and our family to be saved. And you you have that burning desire that they don't go to hell but go to heaven. Any person in their right mind has that desire. 
If we have that desire, how much more does God have that desire? In all that he has done for mankind. Matthew eleven twenty eight, It reads, Come unto me, all ye that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the Lord speaking. And one of, in the last chapter, and almost the last verses of the Bible, it reads in Revelation twenty two seventeen, And the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Bride, the Church, say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst, Come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. One of the final verses of the Bible is, come, everyone is welcome, please come. And so <clears throat> we see sinners need to be saved. The invitation is open. God's arms are beckoning. His heart is yearning. He doesn't want any to perish and he's waiting, he's waiting and he's waiting. And <clears throat> how long has he been waiting? <laughs> We've mentioned this a few times. I think it's important we mention it. How long has he been waiting? How long has it been since creation? Where are we at? If you add up all the chronologies of the Old Testament into the New Testament, well, we know how long the church has been going. 6,000 years. 6,000. What's the number of man, folks? <laughs> 6,000. 6, 6. Let's remember. Time's about up, but he's still waiting. We might say we're on extended time, one borrowed time, but he lets it go on, for the invitation is open. He doesn't want to close the invitation. It's like, you know, you've got a banquet on and you've got the, you're the waiter at the door and you've got the door open, you see some people running down the road, they, they know the invitation's there and they're running down to the banquet and you, you know, I'm not going to close the door, they're still coming. <laughs> They're still coming. I'm not going to shut it. Oh, there's someone way down there. They're still coming. I'll, I'll leave it open for a little bit longer. And it's more, almost like God is doing that. <laughs> there's someone else coming. I'm going to leave it open. If just one. Because just one. Yeah, just one sheep was lost. And what did the Lord do? He went out and he hunted that sheep down. <laughs> for just one. For all eternity is a lot, of, a lot of pain saved for that soul, isn't it? Let's pray. Lord, I pray that as we speak about sinners need to be saved, as your heart grieves for them and, and has done all that he, you can for us and for sinners to be saved, that you, your spirit would speak to, to people, to hearts, to little ones, to old ones, to middle-aged ones. Lord, you, you want your, your sheep, your people, those you've created by your hand to think of your invitation to them to come to you. It's never too late while they've got life, they've got opportunity. And may they come today at your gracious, glorious invitation to come to you. Bless as the word is opened, and it is not my word, it's your word. Word to all mankind to come. Bless it for your glory. Minister to those that couldn't be here but are listening in too. Minister to those that are not well today. Minister to our missionaries. 
thank you for the opportunities they have to spread this good, this same good news to countries all around the world today. And open hearts that it might be received there too. Bless for your glory and praise and add to your church that the bride might be complete one day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> if you've got your outline there, you can follow that through. It's usually given out with a hymn book. If you don't have a hymn book, you mightn't have an outline, but there they are. They're at the front. <clears throat> Sinners need to be saved from the power of sin. God is able to do that, is he not? He's able to save from the power of sin. <clears throat> All are sinners by nature. Have you found that out yet? Have you discovered that yourself? <clears throat> Can you remember back when you realised that you were a little sinner? Can you remember the first time? Usually we can't, but can you remember back when you first did something that you it hit you? I just did something wrong. But because <clears throat> at some stage in life, and Paul talked about it, I was alive without, sin, sin, without the law once, and I just went about doing what I wanted. And then all of a sudden it hit home that I just did wrong. And the law hit home and convicted him he was a sinner. I just lied to mum and dad. I just cheated my brother. I just hit my brother when I shouldn't have or hit my sister or something. We did something wrong and we realised it. That's when you got to the age of accountability. <laughs> That's when <laughs> sin revived and I died. <laughs> As Paul says in the book of Romans, Romans is a great book in pointing these little things out. But all are sinners by nature because Romans 5 says so. <clears throat> and verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. All are sinners. You can't say, your little one is not a sinner. <clears throat> oh, parents, please recognize the fact. If you're not a parent yet, and you plan, Lord willing, plan to be a parent Recognize that your little one is a sinner and will behave accordingly. Because if you start justifying their sin, which is one of the biggest problems that parents have, justifying their children's sin, it lets them off the hook and not confronting them for their sin then you're going to raise a rebel <coughs> that is hardened in their sin. Confront them with their sin. As God confronts us with our sin and that we are sinners. We need to do that for their eternal good, for, <coughs> for their salvation. Because they are born sinners. <coughs> Excuse me. By one man. It's passed on. <coughs> and maybe we'll do. in the evening some further study on this in a few weeks time sinners by nature in Ephesians Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 3 we read 
among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. Ah, we're all included. <laughs> We had to come by the way of common salvation to be saved and to be rescued from being a sinner. <clears throat> All sinners by nature. Psalm 51 verse 5 reads, Behold, I was shaped in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. All are sinners legally as well. In Romans 8 it speaks about it. We break the law. Can you remember where the law was written down? The Decalogue, the Ten Commandments were given. Back in the Old Testament, in the book of <coughs> Exodus, chapter 20, they're listed for us. The first four of them <coughs> are how we break the law against the Lord. <coughs> Thou shalt have no other gods before me, verse 3. Verse 4, thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Verse 7, thou shalt not take, un, not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. <coughs> oh, how many people do that today. Uh, <coughs> first thing they say, they swear in God's name against God. And don't know what they're doing. Uh, <clears throat> never hear them swearing as I say in Satan's name do they they use God's name in vain and the fourth one against God remembered the Sabbath day to keep it holy and that <clears throat> particularly given to the Jews as given in other references of the scripture and then there are the four sorry the six that are mentioned that are against fellow man the other six Honour thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be longer. <clears throat> Who has dishonoured their mum and dad when they were ch children? All you others are pretty good, huh? <laughs> no, you just forgot you did dishonour them. <laughs> you, you sneaky rats. <laughs> you all dishonoured your mum and dad in some way. And you've just broken another commandment. You just lied. <laughs> you see, we've broken the commandments. <laughs> Thou shalt not kill. Oh, I've not killed anything. I've killed a rabbit. <laughs> no, but this is talking about people. I know it is talking about people. But have you killed a character through our words? Yeah, we've all done that. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt, and we'll go on to this a little bit in, in Matthew. Thou shalt not steal. Ha, uh, uh, it's just time to fill your tax returns out, isn't it? <laughs> Have you stolen from the government? <clears throat> I'll just add that. I'll just round that one out to $1,000. It was just 501 but I'll round it up. <laughs> Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbour's house and everything else. And then what did the Lord Jesus do to all of these? <laughs> In Matthew chapter 5, he, he added to that, didn't he? In the Sermon on the Mount, you know, he, he said, 
is not coveting, is looking. <laughs> and you see, he strengthened the law. He buttressed the law by just the look and the thought of doing it. Ah, all are sinners legally. Sinners need to be saved from the power of sin. All are sinners by nature. All are sinners legally. We have broken the law. When we've come to the age of accountability, we've come to, come to that age, we've broken it. We've broken it by our decisions in Romans 5, I mean Matthew 5, 21, 27, 33, 43. The law said, said Jesus, but I say unto you, and he added it, he reiterated it there. All are sinners by choice. If you go back to Romans chapter 6 and verse 12, it reads there, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. It's talking to Christians, I know, but it says, let not sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. We choose to let it reign as Christians. We choose to let it reign as non-Christians. <laughs> We're sinners by choice. In Judges 17.6, it reads, Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. And we live in a day just like that today. Doing what is right in his own eyes. Safe injecting rooms. You see that fellow chasing a man round with a machete there, hack, trying to hack him hack him <coughs> in the news of yesterday that's <laughs> he thought he had a right to hack the other fellow but yeah he's probably crazed with drugs safe injecting rooms <clears throat> it sounds like they've gone back to the the, the thing we read about yesteryear <laughs> where they thought heroin was, was good for the body <laughs> that's what where our government's got to and I like what Joshua said in Joshua 24, 14 and 15. <clears throat> All the sinners by choice we're looking at. Choose you this day whom you shall serve. We are sinners. We make a cho choices every day about right and wrong. As Christians and non-Christians make choices every day about right and wrong. Cheating the system. Cheating others. Doing right doing wrong and you know up there the Lord's got those who are scribes whether they be angels or himself writing it down writing it down and the books were opened and the works are revealed and in, if we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ they're all covered with the blood but if we do not believe and go out into eternity unsaved, when the books are opened, th those works will be revealed and judged. And judgment will be upon the sinner's head who has not covered, had his works covered, the sins covered by the blood. We're sinners by choice, folks. Sinners need to be saved from the power of sin. We're sinners by nature, legally, under the law, we're condemned, and all are sinners by choice, and we're sinners by practice as well. As we read, it uh, was read earlier in Romans chapter 3 and verses 9 through to 20. Are we better than they? Are, are we Jews better than they, us, Gentiles? No, in no wise. We have before proved 
both Jews and Gentiles, they are all under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. It, this is almost poetic in the way that Paul penned it down under inspiration of the Spirit. There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are gone out of the way. They are together, together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. And on and on he goes in the condemnation of sinners, bringing all the world guilty before God. And if he doesn't catch you in one, he catches you in another. Their throat, their mouth, their feet. Misery and destruction are in their ways. They've not known the way of peace. They don't fear God anymore. What a generation we live in. That's describing them. And in verse 19, Now we know that whatever the law saith, it saith to them that are under the law, that every mouth may be what? Stopped. Guilty. All guilty. And all the world may become guilty before God. By the deeds of the law, no man shall be justified. You cannot keep the law in the the flesh. You, You and I have not the ability to do that. We've got to by faith believe and be be cleansed by faith in the finished work of Christ. All our righteousness are as filthy rags. Sinners need to be saved from the power of sin. Sinners need to be saved from, secondly, the penalty of sin, and God is able to do that as well. (laughs) Go back into Romans again, in chapter 6 and verse 23. What is the penalty of sin? Death. And where does it tell us that in the scriptures in Romans? If you know the Romans road, you'll know which one. For the wages of sin is death. The penalty of sin is death. But what sort of death? What did Adam and Eve realize the day that they had sinned and disobeyed God? And God came in the garden. What did they get up to doing? They tried to hide themselves. They tried to cover themselves. They knew they'd sinned. They had guilt. And there was a broken relationship. The spiritual relationship with God was broken. So there was spiritual death. Fellowship was broken with God. And... There was going to be physical death. Before that time, if they had not sinned, they were going to live eternally. But that time that they took of that forbidden fruit, they started dying. And that's with all of us. We're going to die physically, no matter what the scientists try to do to to produce eternal life. They're not going to do it with this mortal body we have. Only God can give that. So we have physical death. It's appointed unto man, it says in the book of Hebrews, chapter what is it, 9 verse 27, it's appointed unto man once to die. But after that, remember, the judgment. It's appointed unto... We're going to die physically. Anybody think they're not going to die? Some people think they aren't. Some people think they're invincible. Brother Adolf, you're going to pass away one day? Yep. Remember one day when you thought you were pretty invincible? When he was not a Christian. (laughs) 
But things change, don't they? We get old. <laughs> Was it the Sahara Desert? What? Did he, you walk through? He, he got through it anyway. It was the Sahara Desert. He, 900 kilometres. 900 kilometres. He, he walked during the night and he, he buried himself in the sand in the day. And uh, he got through escaping the, um, the French Foreign Legion, helped by the Arab folk. And when he'd done that and succeeded in doing that, I'm invincible. <laughs> but all are going to die. <laughs> all are going to die. He sent a Christmas card. Say? He sent a Christmas card. Did he? Yeah. Oh, you did? Okay. I was nice to him. He was nice to me almost, but I was nice to him. Okay. Recently? <laughs> He's, he's gone. He's gone. Okay, that's a long time ago. He got caught. <laughs> but we're all going to die, aren't we? No matter what we do in life and how tough we think we are, we're going to die. And how important we think we are, we're going to die. The penalty of sin is death. Sinners need to be saved from this penalty. And it's not only physical death, it's not only spiritual death and separation from God, but it is, what's the other one? Eternal death. It's eternal. It goes on and on and on. It's not annihilation. Like the SDAs preach, it's not annihilation. They can't stand to think of the thought that God who they say is a loving God, would punish someone eternally. So they have to, with their mind, concoct an idea that it's not eternal punishment. They don't see the seriousness of sin. If sin could have the very Son of God to be crucified, it is serious. It is serious. That's the payment that had to be paid. And if there was only one sinner, that's what would have had to happen for that person's sin to be covered. Because it has to be personal, doesn't it? That's what it cost God for my sin to be covered. And that's not saying, well, everyone else's was covered too. Yes, it was. But that's what had to happen for my sin to be covered. Make it personal. And eternal death the penalty of sin. And that's spoken of in the book of Revelation, chapter 20 and verse 14 and verse 15 there. Where <clears throat> Verse 15, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death and it's eternal. We haven't got time to look at other verses that talk about it being eternal. Sinners need to be saved from the penalty of of sin, physical, spiritual, and eternal death. God saves from spiritual and eternal death. <laughs> Praise the Lord that he does. In the Gospel of John, chapter 5 and verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come in to condemnation, but is passed from what? 
death unto life. <laughs> verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that hear shall live. Are you one of those that have believed <laughs> and have passed from death unto life? I pray that you are. You have believed. God saves from spiritual and eternal death. And that day of the resurrection, you will know and realize. Well, at the day of physical death, you'll realize you have eternal life because you'll be in the presence of the Lord. Absent from the body and present with the Lord. And he can save from physical death, can he not? Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And there is a generation that that could happen to, just like it happened to Enoch. He was saved from physical death. And there is a generation that it will happen to. But we don't know who's going to be in that. Only the Lord does. And so it could be us. It may be, it may be not. Thirdly, sinners need to be saved from the presence of sin. <clears throat> and God is able to do that. Back in the book of Romans, this is sermon is centered around verses in the book of Romans, as you might have gathered, and taking them from mainly around chapter 3 to chapter 8. In verse 16, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death, he's talking to Christians now, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. You say, oh, I thought I was delivered from death. Yes, we are. But as Christians, we can sin and it brings death relationship with the Lord. Our, our fellowship is broken with the Lord, not that we're broken off from him <clears throat> in our spiritual relationship, but our fellowship is broken with him. And that's why First John chapter 1 talks about a restoration of the fellowship we need to ha do as we confess our sins to the Lord and keep open communication with him if we sin. We confess our sins to him. <coughs> um, so there in that verse, six, verse 16, if we sin, we cause broken fellowship. Sin Sinners need to be saved from the presence of sin. God saves us from the presence of sin now in this present life to a degree. To the degree on which we yield to him as Christians. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. And see that he does do this. He, he, he helps us through life. He... he we have to cooperate with him in these things. It says in verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, and he's talking to Christians, but such as is common to man. We're all tempted. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God can save us from the presence of sin now. And as we are tempted, he provides a way of escape so that we don't yield. 
and succumb to the temptation and cause a death relationship in our fellowship with him. But we have to be yielded to him. We have to take the way of escape. How many of us had have known when we're in that position and we're being tempted to sin and God provides a, a blip, a way of escape? You know, a detour. You can get out of this now. Take it, quick. And we don't. And we, f we fail and we sin. We, we do the deed and break the fellowship. How many of us have been there before and done that? And we know, we know that we've done it. You know. And the, the fellowship is broken, the Holy Spirit's grieved, the Holy Spirit's quenched in your heart, and you know you've done it. And then, like David, when Nathan came to him, and he, uh, he, he didn't... He didn't get it, did he? And it was who was it? Was it Troy? Were you mentioning that this morning? <laughs> yeah, he didn't get it. Who's the man? Let's get a hold of him and take care of that fella. <laughs> and Nathan said, "What? You? It's you." <laughs> and David had been under guilt for a whole year. Thou art the man, <laughs> the brave prophet that did that to the king. <laughs> he didn't come in before the king unless he let you. That this is a prophet coming in and telling him, you have sinned. Nathan could have lost his head then. He could have lost his life. You have sinned. But he bravely confronted the man, the king. And David said, yep, I have sinned. I have sinned. And he paid the consequences for the rest of his life through that. He could have got out of that. You know what he should have done? What he should have been doing is fighting in the battle with the rest of his army instead of loafing around at home. That's what he should have been doing. He was doing the wrong thing. Yeah, when he got old, he's... he's generals and everyone else were fighting the battles for him but he wasn't old at that time and he was he was to be out with Joab and the other guys fighting the battles and he wasn't and you can be lazing around and you'll be caught up in sin you, you know idle hands breed mischief you've got to be watching out because you will allow temptation to come but and the Lord will not deliver those people that suffering themselves to be put in the road of temptation and there's so many so many ways where's the phone you know I've been put a noose around the phone and hang it <laughs> hang it and hang the computer I, I was thinking this week you know what every local church Back 150 years ago, they didn't have phones and didn't have computers and didn't have Morse code and didn't have anything like that. was far, far better off. There was not the contention. There was not the spreading of gossip. There were local churches. They worried about each other. They were concerned about each other and they prayed for each other and they helped each other out much better than they do today. And you know what it is? It all comes back to that cursed spreading of wicked gossip around the church. 
And it's through this good communication. No, filthy, rotten gossip. The devil's means of bringing the churches down. It's not good at all, folks. The churches were far better off without it. I'm not saying go back to the dark ages. But the devil using it to divide and split families and churches all over the country and the world. You read the daily devotions and they're suffering it over in America just like we're suffering it in our country here. Anyway, that's a little bit I didn't have written down. <clears throat> it just annoys me as a pastor to see it happening and to see the havoc it wreaks in the churches around our country and the hurt and the harm. You know, it's water let out and it's down the creek. And so goes the people and the fellowship and the relationships that once we had and held dear and sweet with each other. The temptation to do that is so easy. It seems because we're not looking at the person that we can, you know, and send it out to a hundred people in a hit. And it's like no one's looking. No, 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 no. Everyone's looking. And it's gone out to the world. And from there it goes out from there to another hundred people, another thousand people. And it's hurting, it's hurting. And God's got a bigger computer. <laughs> he is one massive knowledge individual. You know, in the cloud, he's got all these things recorded. There has been text and computerized and everything it's all there and if it hasn't been confessed now how can how can you once you've sent something like how can you the only way you can say sorry and forgive me is say i have sinned in sending that out please forgive me and then send it out to everyone you sent the first one out to that's going to be a humbling experience folks to do something like that anyway the, how can you do it with text it's not a personal thing it's it's a technology thing <clears throat> be careful temptation is easy to succumb to but God is able to deliver us from doing that think about it before you do something how is this going to harm my relationship with God how is it going to harm my relationship with other people Am I succumbing to what the devil wants in my life and to ruin my testimony? 1 John 1, 7 and 8 says, But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, <clears throat> and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have fellowship, no, if we say we have no sin, we've deceived ourselves, and the truth is not in us. <clears throat> Sinners need to be saved. Christians, we have the sin nature still. And uh, we need to be saved from the presence of sin. God deliver us from doing that which is wrong today. That which is displeasing to him. My little children, chapter 2 verse 1 of 1 John. These things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Praise God that we can get it right again. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. 
We can get it right, but the consequences may go on. You know, drunkards are made sober. Harlots are made pure. Thieves stop stealing. Liars stop lying. And the list goes on. God saves from the presence (coughs) of sin. (coughs) Now, in the present life, but he saves from the presence of sin in the hereafter as well. In 1 John 3 and verse 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One day from the very presence of sin. One day we won't be tempted to do it anymore, because it won't be around. Won't that be good? (laughs) Won't even think it. Won't even think it. It won't be there. We'll be in heaven and there won't be any sin tempting us to sin anymore. In John chapter 14 where it talks about, you know, I go prepare a place for you. Where I am there ye may be also. What a wonderful place heaven will be. You say, how's that going to be? Well, God's going to do the changing in our hearts and our heads and it's going to be a complete transformation, isn't it? A complete change. It's that this mortal will put in immortality and the old things of the flesh won't be there to tempt us anymore. And then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the end. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Friends, if you're saved or lost, saved sinners are on their way to heaven. Lost sinners are on their way to hell. The one distinguishing difference is the blood of Christ, is it not? If you're a saved sinner, you can rejoice in that one day you're going to be transformed. If you're a lost sinner, you're going to be condemned to hell. As I was talking I don't know who it was, someone this week. If you opened the doors of hell and said you're free to go, you know what they say? No, I'm staying. It's because they're so bent on sinning in their life and going down there. <clears throat> Remember the fellow that went to hell and he said, I've got five brethren back there, go and tell them. He wasn't asking to get out of there. He was just saying, well, go and tell those fellows. An interesting thought. They're so bent on their sin and so set in their ways, they don't even want to be delivered. Because there are those who are alive, and it talks about them in Revelation. They know that the Lord, the they talk about the Lamb of God. And they're hiding themselves from the wrath of the Lamb and calling on the rocks to hide them from him. They know who he is. They know who's doing it, but they're not seeking to repent and be saved. They're not seeking salvation. They're so bent in and bent in, set in their sin, they don't want to change. But God saves us from our sin. Praise God, <coughs> he's turned us. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. The power in the blood, the power in the cross, we don't understand completely. But it's delivered us from the power of sin. For as much as you know, we're not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold 
from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot there's power in the blood come unto me all ye that labour and are heavy laden and what does the Lord say I will give you rest yes delivered from the very presence of sin as the last book in the last three chapters of the Bible there is no more Satan in heaven he's bound and cast into the, the pit forever there's no more self <laughs> oh that's a big one all around the world today there's no more self the old man it's done with there's no more separation which is the essence of, of death isn't it 21 and verse 4 of the book of Revelation where it says and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death there shall be no more crying neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away there's no more of these things so there's no more sorrow there's no more separation there's no more suffering death crying and pain there's no more stars and sun but there's no more sin in Revelation 21 and verse 8 it reads there but the fearful the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burn with fire and brimstone which is the second death they're all gone they're, they're gone and the sinners are in that place but they're not in heaven so there is we're delivered from the very presence of sin and sinners sinners need to be saved from the presence of of sin and only the Lord can do that the offer is to everyone today to be saved from sin <laughs> from the power of sin from the penalty of sin and from the very presence of sin for eternity all you have to do <laughs> is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be the work's been done. You don't have to do when I say all you have to do. No. You don't have to do anything. You, you just have to believe on who has done something for you. And if we start saying do, you have to work for doing, don't you? We used to have to believe on who's done something for you. Come unto me. The Lord gives you the invitation today and believe. Won't you trust? It's simple. But it's profound. By faith, like Abraham believed, we need to believe and have the imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus given to our account without charge. No works involved. Trust him today. Thank you, Lord, that you deliver from the power of sin. One day from the presence of sin and the penalty of sin, which is eternal death, through the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. May someone today take that step of faith and believing as they repent as a hell-bound sinner and trust you. Whether they be listening in or hear this later, or hear it today in the service. Theirs can be eternal life, not through joining this church or any other church, 
not through getting baptized, not through crawling up some stairs and whipping themselves, not through making a confession to some man, but through believing on the Lord and receiving him as their only saviour. Bless them today as the Spirit of God draws them to him, to the Lord Jesus, to himself. Lord, we, we can't make it happen, but you can. We can sow the seed, but only the Lord can save the soul. May you do that today for some poor lost sinner as they come to you. We ask and pray in Jesus' name that it would be done. Amen.